0: Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome everybody to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on this Tuesday edition of the show. Gino, it's our second last podcast until the start of the 2021 NFL Draft Thursday at 8 o'clock, and we go live starting at 7, man. We have finally arrived. It's been a lot of hard work for the last four months. It's been a fun time, but here we go. We've got in-depth coverage today and tomorrow, and then we find out what happens on Thursday.
0: Right. We're going to be live with a lot of different outlets stay tuned for fox yep. 43 stay tuned obviously on the lockdown podcast network we'll be there with the draft network whenever that were to occur yeah they're
1: going live too, all throughout all three days so we're gonna have a live show for that too
0: yeah so we have a lot of coverage coming your way. not just us here at lockdown eagles all across the lockdown board our partnerships i think are the best we've had since we've been on this podcast oh, yeah we'll have outlets at the draft network and Tegna will be on news stations like Lou was the other day. This is the biggest draft for us, I would say, and I believe it's the biggest draft for the Eagles in our tenure here at oh, Lockdown yeah. Eagles. It, I, I see uh, in the Bills uh, draft ranks right now, they're talking about drafting a, a running back, Travis Etienne, in the first round, and they're talking about, oh, Brandon Bean can do whatever he wants. It reminds me of what we did a couple of years ago, man. Philadelphia, Eagles were thinking, yep. oh, man, how he can do whatever he wants, just won the Super Bowl we end up with five picks in back-to-back drafts, and it kills our team. We draft Dale Scotter. yes, at the time it was a nice pick, but it's like, okay, should we have drafted differently in those two drafts now that we are a little bit more reactive in this draft?
1: It was kind of, Gino, like you had a core, and they were mm-hmm. just trying to build around that with supporting right. characters, whereas now your draft is going to be your future, right? Because mm-hmm. that's why we kept talking running back, and we talked another receiver. It was – pieces to keep getting you over the hump where it's now, it's like, as you said before the show, we were talking, you're one, two, three, four, five pieces, a lot of pieces away now from getting back to that point. Yeah. It's not a luxury draft anymore for sure.
0: Right. Yeah. No. And this is the one, honestly, that I believe that when you have the pressure on you, that you have to perform better. And I believe this is one of those pressure cooker drafts for Howie. And he doesn't just get to sit back and make those pick those luxury picks anymore. Right. Lou, like these are necessity picks. Mm -hmm. This is his time to get it right, and with 11 picks in this class, especially those picks in the later 6th and 7th round where you can use them as ammunition to trade up in those early rounds, he's got to hit on a lot of those picks and not just quantity, he's got to get quality picks out of this as well because they've had quantity in past drafts, and that always hasn't worked
1: out as well as much either. We'll see what happens with quantity, Gino, because right now they have a lot of picks. We did Mock Draft Monday yesterday, and we had 11 picks. You can go find that podcast wherever you listen to your shows on any platform. However, they might try to use some of that quantity to go for the quality. Another source today said that the Eagles are seriously looking into moving back into the top 10 of the draft. We've talked trade-ups, trade-downs for the last couple months here, but we continue to see reports week after week that the Eagles are trying to get back into the top 10. And, Gino, I think it makes sense, the timing of that report, because today as well, Dallas Cowboys owner Jerry Jones talked about how he thinks there is going to be a great opportunity for the Cowboys to get the, or at least their top defensive player on the board, at ten, and to me, that screams cornerback. Right? They took Trayvon Diggs in the second round last year, but really struggled in his rookie season outside of playing Carson Wentz, of course. And um, so you look at Patrick Sertain, you look at J.C. Horn; those are probably the top candidates for Dallas. It makes sense that if the Eagles are trying to get back into the top ten, it's likely to jump Dallas for one of those corners. Could it be for a receiver? Sure. But I do think if they're trying to get up into the top 10 or top nine, it's to jump Dallas so they don't steal another one of their prospects two years. They're kind of playing this game, you know, the Eagles and Cowboys. 2018, the Eagles steal Dallas Goddard. And mm-hmm. Last year, the Cowboys steal CeeDee Lamb. Now they're both, I feel like, fighting for a corner. So it's going to be fun to see this kind of chess match go down on Thursday between two rivals.
0: And not even just that, you have the Giants right in front of you too, and this right is the at first time. time in the history of the NFL draft – that three teams in the same division are picking back to oh, back. Oh, that's to crazy. Back. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, so we set history by tanking that game. Remember that? That was yeah. fun when we had that discussion. But no, this is Doug was is, a team
1: player, man. Doug was a team player.
0: So he took it on the fall down, man. He going out the door, he he did his best to leave one that's last right. memorable piece for the Philadelphia Eagles. But no, when you look at it, your goal is ultimately to draft to beat your division, and your division opponents are going to do just that as well. You need a cornerback. Dells needs a cornerback. If you were to go up three spots, let's say to eight or nine, which I think is mm-hmm. a very possible thing to do, especially oh, yeah. for the cost, which it won't cost you a first round pick as mm-hmm. why you would trade back from six to 12 to acquire one to now only give up a third or maybe a third plus right, a sixth eight? and a seventh.
1: Eight and an extra one is a lot better than a six and a three or six overall and a three. That's that's the logic. So for the people saying they were already in the top 10, what are they doing? They got a first and they're not going to have to give up a first to get back into the top eight. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. When you look at it, your net value is the difference between a first round pick and maybe a third plus a couple points. So it's probably around 1500 points in value difference that you're
1: going to get. You figure what Miami is next year. Let's say they're picking 18th overall. That's like 18th versus the 84th. over. It's almost like a difference of 70 spots.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. And I am pulling up my trade value chart. I brought it down here. So they're sitting at 12 right now, which is 1741. If they wanted to get eight, let's say it's 1946. Your third round pick at 84 is 755. That's way more than enough. I mean, that's overpaying to get up three spots, in my opinion, especially not for a quarterback. Yeah, if the, let's say the Patriots come and offer a first plus for number 8, yeah, I I believe that Detroit or Carolina would take that deal or even Denver to move down from that spot because they're paying the luxury to move up and get a quarterback. But when you're drafting a position player, I mean, outside of moving into the top four or five, like a Julio Jones or what would be a Kyle Pitts-esque type of trade, You're not Mm. going to give up a king's ransom to move three spots. It's just not how this works. Guys,
1: today's show is sponsored by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. This week has a ton of sports action on the go as the NFL draft kicks off on Thursday through Saturday, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the draft or the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. online. your online sportsbook experts. Gino, I'm glad you brought up Kyle Pitts because I did think about this this morning when I heard this report because instantly I thought I saw the Dallas thing. I saw what mm-hmm. Jerry Jones was talking about. I saw this report about the Eagles trying to move up, and I'm like, yeah, cornerback, they probably want their pick of Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn. They want their pick of the litter at corner. However, mm-hmm. I did kind of start thinking about the board, and I'm like trying to think of some different scenarios. I thought about it. It's like what if the Falcons went quarterback, let's say, at four or a team moved up, and then you see Cincinnati go with Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase, and then the Dolphins were to go with Chase or – let's say one of the Alabama receivers I think that is I think it certainly could be I don't think it's probable but I think it's possible that you look at Kyle Pitts is there a chance that he slips to like seven or eight where Carolina was already considering a trade down I mean I'm just throwing it out there I don't think it's likely but I do think there's a chance that some teams maybe I mean Kyle Pitts definitely is an elite probably a generational talent but you look at Cincinnati or Miami, and they're deciding between Pitts or Chase or Smith and Waddle. Maybe not that I would do this, and I think you're dumb for doing this. But some teams maybe don't want to deal with like where he fits in your offense, and you'd rather just plug and play what Devonte Smith or Jalen Waddle is. And I don't know, maybe that gives the Eagles an opportunity to go get Pitts. I'm just trying to think of another scenario where they move up for something that's not a cornerback, and you'll get Pitts of all those top prospects might have the best chance of falling.
0: Yeah. So if that were to happen, Lou. As of what happened today with Miami, they're moving uh, their right tackle or left tackle to uh, right guard, if I'm not mistaken. Right, what if that's Sewell? I mean, so if here, if this plays out that, let's say even, since it, let's say Cincinnati even took Pitts at five, right? And then right. Sewell goes at six, Jamar Chase? I mean, oh I think that's more plausible than Kyle Pitts. I think if Kyle Pitts is on the board, that Cincinnati takes him. And I think if he, doesn't make it out of the top five that Dallas as much as Jerry Jones talks about him would pay that King's ransom that we are talking about but when I look up, look at it I think Jamar Chase is a very possible situation where if four quarterbacks do go then Kyle Pitts goes because the four quarterbacks went then the team that needs offensive line help takes their left tackle of the future Mm-hmm. You're now sitting there with Detroit who needs a whole
1: bunch of help. Do they take him or are they willing to move back five spots? Yeah, they're the domino because Detroit I think that could happen. Right. I mean, could Detroit be that? Could that seventh spot be where the fifth quarterback goes? Could Detroit take one? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Could a team move up there? Yeah. But at the same time, could the Lions also take Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts? 100%. They lost Kenny Galladay this offseason. They lost Marvin Jones. I couldn't even, I literally could not tell you who their top receiver is currently on the roster. So Uh, they signed Tyrell Williams after he was. Okay. Tyrell Williams. Raiders. So Jared Goff clearly is going to need more than that than if he's the starter. So yeah, that's kind of the domino right there is at seven. But if one of those guys slipped past seven, the Eagles, yeah, Dallas might want to pay that King's ransom. But if the Eagles recognize they want one of those prospects, they have more ammo than pretty much anybody to go up and get who they want. And Geno, they also have a tight end in their own right that they could maybe use. There's a report that Zach Ertz will likely be dealt before or at at least right at, at the end of the NFL draft. And I kind of got to give Howie Roseman a little bit of credit here. I thought he was wrong for holding out for more with the Ertz trade since it just didn't feel like he had any leverage at all in negotiations. But now you look at it, and it's like instead of maybe taking a fourth or a fifth-round pick in March, maybe being patient is going to pay off because you'd probably rather use Ertz in a trade-up, right, from 12 to a pick. Like maybe Carolina wants Zach Ertz for Sam Darnold, or maybe you move him to, I don't know, like the Buffalo Bills if you want to get from 37 to 30. Ertz could be a part of some of these trade-ups too, and I didn't really think of that part of the equation in March when you were deciding, do you trade Ertz for the lowest value you can get right now, or do you keep him? But I really didn't think of, hey, let's hold on to him for another month and use him as part of a a trade to go get the prospect we want in the draft.
0: Yeah, as the old adage goes on the stock market, like you buy low and sell high, how he goes under that same notion. He's never going to sell low. I mean, outside of Carson Wentz, was he still – I believe got a fair value for it, what Carson showed last year. Got more than what I thought he was going to get. Yeah. I do. I did too. So I don't ever believe that Zach Ertz was going to be dealt for peanuts. I mean, he's, a, a, let's say, a fringe caliber right now. Hall of Famer at this point needs mm-hmm. to do a little bit more in his last couple seasons to get there. But when you look at it, Lou, outside of Kyle Pitts and Pat Friermuth, there are no tight ends in this draft that really pop off the charts. I mean, if you're a team like Buffalo, right, and let's say you don't grab Friar in the first two rounds and you really need a tight end, I mean, there's a chance that you could swap that, like you said, or a team mm-hmm. like the Patriots, or no, not the Patriots after they uh, signed those two, Janu and um, Hunter Henry, but uh, a team like, let's
1: say, I mean, Green Bay, You'll get at some of those teams at the back of the first round that are going to have rookie quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Like we saw how beneficial Carson Wentz, how beneficial it was for Carson Wentz to have Zach Ertz get that for Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. They have what the 25th pick and New York has the 23rd. Joe Douglas might want to trade for Zach Ertz and Zach Wilson. So I didn't really think of the draft as part of this Ertz equation, but that could help you go get Mm -hmm. maybe your next tight end in Kyle Pitts or go get your corner in, the top 10 or the top 30. And so I kind of actually like that the Eagles still have Ertz to use as an asset here because I think that is going to help you a lot in a trade up. I, I do think while you're not going to get a second for Ertz straight up, instead of maybe giving up a pick, you could use Ertz in a part of this trade. And I think that makes sense for the Eagles' timeline.
0: Yeah, that's what I fully believe will happen. I, I, I've always been under the presumption that he'd be off the roster by the beginning of the season. And the best value of, I would say, Draft day trades comes on draft day. Exactly. Mm. And that's what you always wait for every league. It seems like draft day is the one big day where trades happen. NHL, MLB, NBA, probably NBA and NHL yep. bigger than the other ones, but player trades happen. The Eagles did one last year with Marquise Goodwin. They did one a couple years ago with Tim Jernigan. They're not shy to do that and not just to give up picks. It's that swap you're talking about, Lou, mm. the 30 for 37 with, Zach Ertz in there, I think that's a a very plausible case scenario.
1: It's like instead of of giving them that fourth it'll take to move up those seven spots, it's here, take a tight end for your rookie quarterback, or here, take a tight end for a team like the Bills that are a Super Bowl contender, and maybe they think they're Mm -hmm. a a top-tier tight end away from being a championship team. So having that asset is going to help the Eagles on Thursday, and I think it makes sense you're seeing reports that Ertz could or will be dealt by at least Saturday. It'll be interesting to see how it breaks down. Maybe it'll happen live when me and Gino are live starting at seven o'clock on Thursday. We're going to get into some prospects coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. Some prospects versus prospects. Start to compare some guys. We looked at our rankings that we finished. We're going to post those on Twitter later today at Locked on Birds. And I kind of want to get into some guys that I think people debate a lot on offense and defense and kind of see what the differences are and maybe what the, you know, because it is kind of a tiebreaker, Gino, with some of these guys. It's kind of pick your poison, 1A, 1B. There's not a significant gap. So like, what are you looking for to kind of differentiate this prospects and how you make your decisions? So we'll get into that coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And guys, today's episode of Locked on Eagles is brought to you by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and to maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers While rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online now for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. And make sure you write down locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Eagles fans, Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri. This is Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, a Tuesday edition of the show. We have tomorrow and then. Thursday starts the 2021 NFL Draft. Gino and I are going live starting at 7 o'clock. And this year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts like Gino and I and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have a lot of awesome coverage for you guys throughout the next week right here on the On NFL Podcast Network. And then, Gino, uh, we kind of get into the dead zone after that, man, for a couple months. So going to kind of really enjoy this last week, and then uh, we kind of get a break at least from a lot of news for a while.
0: Yeah, right into 2022 draft season. Get right back into it. No, it's it take a couple <laughs> weeks we, off, we'll of course. Maybe
1: we'll do a 2022 box draft next Monday. No, oh, I'm my kidding.
0: goodness. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good on that. There's the way too Sam many guys. Howell with the
1: third overall pick
0: oh goodness let's hope that we're not Spencer taking it Rattler. that high Kayvon Thibodeau, baby that's my pick we need edge uh, help. let's go ducks yeah
1: look i love mock draft monday it's one of my favorite shows but uh we are going to take a nice needed break for about Absolutely. you know six seven months but uh <laughs> we enjoyed it we definitely enjoyed it for the last four months we're wrapping up our draft coverage this week and we have two more shows before our live show on thursday and gino we kind of hinted at it at the end of segment one, going to get into some prospect versus prospect talk here. And I looked at your rankings and I looked at mine for the positions the Eagles really need. And, you know, I mean, this just kind of happens when we both talk five times a week together. Like when we do a daily podcast, we're kind of going to see a lot of things eye to eye or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the same way, kind of both have similar philosophies when it comes to uh, roster building. So didn't really see a lot of differences that we would debate when it comes to rankings, but I do see you look at, like we talk about cornerback, all the time and you look at Patrick Sertain versus J.C. Horn like there is a debate like when you hear Dallas say that top defensive player would be there nobody's like oh yeah that's J.C. Horn or oh yeah that's Patrick Sertain it's not like some previous drafts where last year you knew it was Jeffrey Okuda when Jalen Ramsey was in the draft you knew it was Jalen Ramsey this year if it was Horn if it was Sertain I wouldn't really bat an eye and honestly if Caleb Farley didn't get hurt I remember in January, it was Farley versus Sertain, not just certain versus Horn. So that's kind of a big one right now when it comes to the first round that's up for debate and the Eagles could take either.
0: That's what I ultimately think it comes down to. And it's going to be interesting to see that stretch between Dallas. I mean, even Denver, they could mm-hmm. hypothetically take a cornerback too. And it's all going to come down to what you believe is the best player in the best position to take. And I think value-wise right now, taking corner at, Anywhere between 8 and 12 is the place to go, and yep. it's going to be tough to land one of those two guys, but I don't think there's a huge differentiation between J.C. Horn and Pat Sertain. And if you miss on one of those two guys, you have the ability to see if one of the offensive guys fell down the board, Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, But you look at that, if one of those two guys are there, that's my pick. It's been J.C. Horn for a while now. I'm sticking with J.C. Horn, will inevitably Mm -hmm. be the pick come Thursday night. And they love that size. They love the frame. They love the length. That's everything Jonathan Gannon looks for in his cornerbacks, the athleticism, the competitive toughness. That's what he looks for in his cornerbacks. Same with Pat Surtain. I mean, Petzertain is a freakish-looking cornerback, man. Like his mm-hmm. arms are outrageously oh long.
1: The length between these two top prospects are it's awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, Petzertain literally looks like he could just—I don't even know what to. He say. He looks like, like he Marlon Humphrey, cl- man. He I could mean, climb honestly. a ladder like from the bottom to the top with like one yeah. one arm pull. I feel like he'd be at the top of the ladder and like one one stretch of his arm, he's that long. And both of those guys is something that Darius Slay on the other side. That's what he has. He has the length, has the mm. athleticism. Ha, can, he can run. I mean, we even had cornerbacks that can run in how long, Lou? We were watching Rasul Douglas and Sidney Jones and yeah. Devontae Bowsby and all these guys. And, I mean, we had to watch Leodis McKelvin. Remember that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I we do. need cornerbacks that are not just on the roster, not just guys like Avante Maddox that you pick, and hopefully he can become an outside corner for you. You need guys that played against high-level competition, elite level wide receivers and tight ends. Pat Sertain and JC Horn did that all the time in their careers.
1: I think it's a floor versus ceiling thing for me. I think Patrick Surtain has a better chance of being very good for a long time. But I think if you want a chance, if you want one of these guys, a better chance for one to be great, I think JC Horn might be that. i look both, like you said, incredibly long physical cornerbacks that can thrive in press man coverage. They are good tacklers. Great ball skills. And again, it's like 1A, 1B, and if Caleb Farley wasn't hurt, man, it, to me, he actually I would have ahead of both of these guys. But the injury does put him down below, to me, even Asante Samuel Jr. Mm-hmm. and Greg Newsom. Um, but so, again, it's kind of like it's really nitpicking between these two. It's just a lot of it's pick your style of corner, what you want. I think the differences for me, why I prefer J.C. Horn over Sertain, is the athleticism. Sertain, mm-hmm. very long. He has good downhill speed. But when it comes to that quick change of direction, right, when it comes to that click and close and that short area explosiveness, that's not an issue with Sertain, but it's something I think he – it's not as it's not a strong suit for him as much compared mm-hmm. to Horn or Newsom or Samuel where it's that, you know, if he doesn't press in tight man coverage – like I always had this issue with Jim Schwartz with Razul Douglas where he'd have him go right up at the line of scrimmage against Amari Cooper, but he wouldn't let him press mm-hmm. or jam and get his hands on him. So then Cooper would just turn him – Inside out because Douglas was a stiffer corner. And so if you don't let him be physical with that length, he's going to get exposed by a top tier route runner. I wonder with Sertain too, if like he's, if he's in tight man coverage, but he's not pressing, can he flip those hips quickly enough? If he's in off coverage and he bites on a sluggo, like how fast can he recover as opposed to like somebody like JC Horn? Obviously, mechanically, Sertain is great. He's long, physical, good long speed. He rarely struggled against top talent. I think he has a great chance of being a very good corner for a long time. I just think that one area is something I prefer with Horn. And it's, again, splitting hairs here, but that's something I try to differentiate between the two, and it's probably why I prefer Horn a little bit. And it's not a weakness of Sertain. It's just it's more of a strength for, I think, Horn.
0: Yeah, being as big as Sertain is, the limitation is right. You're not going to be able to put him inside as much because of what you just said. Where yeah. JC Horn, he's a he's only six oh three, if I'm not mistaken. Where mm-hmm. Pat Sertain is like sixty thirty, so a
1: full three inches. Yeah, Sertain on him honestly, actually, wouldn't you agree? He's built kind of like Marlon Humphrey a little bit. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great yeah. comparison. Who's strictly an outside corner. I mean, he and he could go on bigger tight ends for sure. If you have a bigger slot guy that has more athleticism, like. If he had to defend, I mean, C.D. Lamb. Like, I would mm-hmm. feel more comfortable with him defending C.D. Lamb, for example, out of the slot than a guy like Pat Sertain. Yeah, if that makes sense. If that's one hundred percent, and I, I think you can see that looking at the tape. For example, look at who he defended in the SEC: the stretch receivers and slash tight ends that he had to go through. Probably the worst gauntlet of all time. <laughs> I mean, Brutal. it is just sickening the guys he had to go against. All of the four Alabama guys. I mean, the guys at LSU, mm-hmm. um, all the four wide receivers. Tony. Yeah. yeah, dude, the, there's been what four wide receivers taken from Florida last mm-hmm. year, and there's probably going to be three or four taken this year. Like, yep. the guy just was over all of these NFL talents and played it very well. I just, yeah, I think it's floor versus ceiling too, Lou. I, I believe mm-hmm. that. Certain definitely has that floor, and so does JC Horn. Like, he has a good floor on him, but I just think, man, he could be your shutdown corner on anybody for years to come. I, I, th- I still think Certain can do that for you, but I'm yeah. just more comfortable with the body of work and how he fits Philadelphia. Like, JC Horn embodies what it is to play defensive back in Philadelphia, in my opinion. Yeah, he, not just he that, has, he's physical, mm-hmm. yep. he, he's not scared to go up against anybody. He doesn't shy away from competition, and I love that about him.
1: Yeah, he has that competitive fire, and there's a reason that you hear guys like Richard Sherman and Jalen Ramsey love it on this prospect because that's the kind of style of – you know, like Jalen Mills, uh, we knock on Jalen Mills all the time because he wasn't really a CB1 or CB2, but Mm -hmm. one thing I loved about him, he was relentless, and the emotional stamina this guy had that his confidence never wavered, even when he got burned on three slogos in a row. Like, he'd come right back and finger wave when a quarterback overthrew Devontae Mm -hmm. Parker, right? So you need that as a corner, and J.C. Horn really does have that. And he has just, again, it's a ceiling versus floor thing. Who would bust has a better chance of busting out? It's probably, probably Horn, but look at the ceiling. Yesterday, Gino, mm-hmm. I watched – I work overnights, and I was kind of bored watching some prospects, and I watched J.C. Horn's tape against Auburn. Like, if you want to watch ceiling, mm-hmm. that game, the dude had like 10 pass deflections, two interceptions, a bunch of tackles for losses. He There's times where you saw a lot of greatness there. So if the Eagles are going to move up for a corner, to me – I think it would be Horn. I think that's who they like. I think that's who Jonathan Gannon would like the most. Like Gannon kind of has that same style of energy when you see him in his Mm -hmm. coaching. I think those two would get along really perfectly. I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah, exactly. Like
0: I I look at him like Rocky sin when he was drafted out of temple a couple of years ago, like fiery guy, somebody that's just all over players all the time. Isn't going to make it easy for you to get a catch. Like I just see that in JC Horn and fitting that profile. Like, Look at Xavier Rhodes last year. Like he was able to put together a pretty good season after coming off some bad seasons in Minnesota, thanks to Jonathan Gannon. Like he mm-hmm. was the cornerback coach. He wasn't the defensive coordinator. He was the cornerbacks coach. And if they need cornerback talent, I'm sure a guy like Jonathan Gannon is going to say, "I want J.C. Horner, Pat Sertain." If that is the pick, do they go that direction? They could go edge uh, mm-hmm. according to Tony Pauline who says that they love Quidipe, exa- uh. for example, which I don't know <laughs> how. I mean, it it's not the best pick. It, it's a pick of, that they would do, but I just think they would learn from their Derek Barnett example so. of, of not doing that. I think cornerback really is the pick here. Like It's been so long since they picked one in the first round. They need talent there in the worst way because you look at it. At edge, you can at least make by – with the versatility of your defensive line, cornerback is a barren desert. Past Darius Slay, you need top mm-hmm. level talent there in the worst way
1: possible. You can follow Gino on Twitter at gc twenty four underscore football. Follow me at Dibiase L O E. Our show page is at Locked um, Birds. And again, be sure to subscribe to the Lockdown Eagles podcast wherever you get your shows. Five episodes a week, downloaded into your phone, and then a live show starting on Thursday. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. We'll be back tomorrow for my co-host, Gino Camilleri. I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.